Uh, so we had just finished talking about uh, multiculturalism and uh, the question of being incarnate in our community. And I think one of the big questions that might be looming in people's minds is, well, a lot of my neighbors might be um, non-believing, what people call nuns or atheists. And so the question is, how do we address and how do we love our atheist neighbors well? I think at the end of the day, everybody has something they need right everybody has needs um and we can probably go around the the table right now just saying this is what i need right now um and that's not a christian thing you know that's a human thing and so what if what if the radical idea is just go meet people where they are <laughs> meet their needs where they are um and uh, i guess there's the tension for me uh which comes first kind of situation the spiritual need or the physical need right so in this case how do i love my atheist friend well um I, I go meet him where he is. I meet his physical needs right now. I, I, I invite him into my home to share a meal. Like my, uh, my mentor, he always says, um, whenever we're gonna have a meeting, I'm like, hey, you, you having lunch today? And he goes, yeah, I have lunch every day. <laughs> so what if reaching an atheist um, in our community or at my workplace, uh, wherever that is, is going to lunch with them, hearing their story, how did they become an atheist? or Maybe that's the door in. I know you're not going to lead with that, right? Don't lead with how yeah. How did you become an atheist, So why right? do you hate God? Um, but everybody has a story and pain points, and so we just have to get down to that that moment. And I think one of the ways we do that is to meet people's physical needs. There's a, a, a sense of relationship, I think. And in the United States, we have a long history of relationship it, with the church, with society, um, from my own experiences, I, I think many of these uh, situations that we're talking about with, with people who um, many, there's a, a large, large percentage, percentage of um, non-believers who grew up in the church. And, the, and many times there's a reason why they're no longer a part mm. of a church. So, right. so when we're talking about relationships, I think we have to be humble and, and say, there are amends. There were mistakes. Maybe there were not mistakes by us, but we are part of the church right now. And so that is an ongoing relationship. And, and if we have made mistakes, man, it hurts, but we have to recognize those right. and see how those mistakes uh, show them that we were not maybe who we were trying to be. Uh, I think, uh, Trevor, you, you, you have a lot of experience in this. Um, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think Drew put it well to start. You know, I moved into new apartment complexes right down the road from the church with the purpose and intention of getting to know neighbors. And almost all of them are non-believing. And I think just doing exactly what you said, meeting with them, loving on them. They're my friends first, and they all know that. Um, we had a great moment where we were going with a couple to go, I don't know, pick blueberries or something out in, in Texas somewhere. And as we're driving back, it's Texas, so there are giant billboards telling them they're going to burn in hell on the way back. And so I took the opportunity and said, what do you think of these, what do you think of these billboards? And it just opened a, a genuine conversation for yeah. them to express why they feel offended by this, why they are hurt by the church in the past, or why they, they just think it's weird. Um, and somehow that opens a door to be able to express, look, when you're friends with somebody, you're going to talk about religion, especially 
all of us and those probably listening who are pastors, you're a pastor. You're not going to get around the, that. Um, it's not like you can pretend to have some other profession <laughs> like you're in the CIA. They're going to know yeah. you're a pastor and it's just going to come up as a result of it. If you're not a pastor, I think regardless, religion at some point is important to everybody, even atheists. And it's a question and a dialogue that can happen. Um, Issa, you said it well, you know, we've got to take responsibility for the Catholic Church and what the Baptist Church has done in the past. Just a fact of life. But I think people are smart enough at the end of the day. Those are just excuses. They're smart enough to know (laughs) you didn't do those things, but they also recognize and they want to deal with what do I do when religion hurts me? That's a big question. So I feel like there's responsibility in relationship, responsibility on our end, even though they might not have been our personal failure, but failure of of religion, but I also think responsibility in the role that God has given us in the pulpit, like utilizing, I want to be real, real sensitive every single time. And I want to make sure that I'm always presenting the gospel. Like every single week I present the gospel. My wife and I were having this really fun conversation because I did a series on eldership. She was like, how are you going to present the gospel within some of that, some of the stuff that we were talking about? And so like, I don't want to ever get in the the place that God has given me in the pulpit and miss an opportunity that there might be somebody who's listening in online that doesn't believe or has, has felt failed in some way um, by the church or by religion or whatever. Um, And, and so I think it's that responsibility as well as making sure that we are connecting to those people and allowing them to see that the Lord has a great love for them, a great mercy that he wants to impart on them. Um, and just that encouragement, not a smite, but a, a love and a graciousness. Good. You know, Issa, you brought up um, in our last conversation on cultures, uh, stepping into someone else's culture. I think part of that is um, I challenge people, and I've even run an event here at, um, at someone's house, part of the church, called Atheism for Lent. And we just gathered people in a room with a bunch of atheists and Christians and studied some of the great atheist works that have ever been written not with the intention of putting them down, but to understand them better and to hear from atheists, what do you think of this? Why do you think this is a good or a bad argument? Why do Christians have a problem with this? And really, because I wanted to put people in that mindset. I think something happens when you start to understand your your neighbor's arguments and the way they think and take it seriously for once. And I think too many Christians are out to do apologetics to not take their neighbors seriously. But I think at the end of the day, that's deeply offensive, just as it's deeply offensive to us when atheists look at Christian beliefs and say, it's just a load of baloney because of X, Y, and Z. Well, of course we have our beliefs and our arguments and the things we (laughs) rationally believe. If it's not rational to us, we wouldn't believe it. There's a a big difference when when we actually learn to see the image of God in people, no matter if they are part of our tradition, if they are Baptist, Methodist, or non-believers, atheists, people who completely oppose the idea of God. And maybe, let's take it all the way. What if they have a hate for those who, who believe in God? What we know is that God has called us to see every single person as a creation that God made, as, as persons that have the love of God. And so when we do that, I think we, we can a little quicker and more easily see, well, m- maybe everything that this person is saying is not 
completely off. Just because they are atheists or non-believers doesn't mean that they don't have a sense of what love should be, what justice, peace, forgiveness should be. Maybe how, how can I learn to see God being expressed in those ideas that they have? And so that, that brings us more into a, a, a level, um, uh, yeah, we're, we come to be in the same place and, and learn to see how God is moving. Even, even if they don't believe that God is moving through them, we can see that God is doing that and, and work along them um, in that. I'll, I'll end with, with this story. So we ran the Atheist for Lent deal. Um, and I think this applies to what you're saying, Isa, because we gathered one of my neighbors He's in his late 50s, newly um, divorced, just, you know, living in a city all alone. And so he I told him we're doing this thing. And the first thing he asked, he sends me a text. Are you guys going to be proselytizing? <laughs> Which is a hilarious word for it to use for us. But I said, no, no, man, we're, we're just going to be gathering. And actually, you can tell us whatever you believe. And so we did the event. He came, drank some wine, talked about atheism. We went we went on with our lives. Later, I went over to his apartment. We were hanging out, and he just said to me, I told my friend about what you did. And my friend said, a Baptist pastor did that? He let you speak about atheism to him, and he couldn't use the Bible or anything? And he said his, him and his friend were just so blown away by this. And he just said, I just want you to know like that meant a lot. Uh, fast forward a couple of weeks later, um, we were talking about atheism and I said, actually, this is an important argument for you against Christianity. And he looks at me and says, you know, I've actually kind of had a coming back of sorts and smiled at me and just immediately changed topics. I'm not sure if he was serious. He might've just been joking. It's, his, it's who he is. But I think some, that tells you something happened there, right? We're so focused sometimes on making ourselves right and our culture, the best culture um, and Christianity to be in defense, you know, defense against every single argument that atheists have. Look, none of it matters when you love someone. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that seems to mean something to them, Absolutely. especially when you respect their intellectual virtue. So.